Hi, and welcome back to From Tits to Toes. I am Dr. Michaela Rush, an OBGYN. And I am Dr. Ann Sharkey, a podiatrist. And welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) Here we are. It is Labor Day weekend, and we had the chance to record together in the same location. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen as much anymore. Oh, no. But it's always nice when we get to be together. So our husbands and children are swimming and relaxing and we're working. Yeah. We need to do this so we can go join them. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to record <laughs> this so we can go We can go join them and have some have some cookout. So what have you been up to? Well, wait. I know. You guys did something super fun and sort of spur of the moment. Tell us. Yeah. So we decided to take a quick trip to the beach. And here it's not really close by, so it's hard to take yeah. just a day trip to the beach. But it was it was fun. We took the kids over. I love to your the post. Beach. You're like I didn't plan it and pack it. I was like, as a mom, like that's a big deal. Yeah. No, I it was it was very last minute, and it was minimal of what we could take with us anyway. We didn't yeah. bring a cooler. It was just going to be the day at the sure. beach, just for a few hours. So it was fun. I mean, I honestly I didn't even shave my legs. It was just like let's just yeah. go and do this okay. and have fun. It was good weather. It was perfect weather. It was okay. gorgeous. It was great. Which was beach fun. did you go to? Port Aransas. Port Aransas. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm naive to all Texas beaches. I haven't been to any of them yet, but um, it's on our list of things to try yeah. soon. So Yeah, we've been to Port Aransas a few times, so okay. it's it's been fun, and we kind of know the area a bit okay. better. And so we, we got there. We had lunch. We relaxed. Mm-hmm. We went to the beach for a few hours, and then and got home. home. Okay. Yeah. So Very cool. Yeah. I <laughs> it love was it. Good. Yeah, the, the kids had a blast. They're like, we want to stay longer. We're like, we can't stay. We don't have a place to stay. Right. We're just here for the day. We've got to go back. <laughs> we have to go back. <laughs> yep. Oh, my goodness. But what did you do yesterday? Did you all... Yes, so I tackled a home improvement project that we laugh because we bought this house and I think before we even had movers move things here, I had in my head create this exercise room in one of the spare bedrooms. I'm going to put my Peloton in there. We're going to get some weight equipment. And I was like, yes, I'm going to rip that carpeting out and I'm going to put this gym flooring in. And I was going to do all of this before movers moved any boxes. Mm -hmm. Like I thought it was going to be like, you know, a two hour project. Oh gosh. Right. So that didn't happen. And now we've lived here nearly two months and we are just now getting around to this project. So yesterday I ripped out carpeting, ripped out carpet padding and started to put down the gym flooring and it is largely in there's a few pieces that I have to fit it's sort of like a giant jigsaw puzzle so you start in a corner and you work your way towards the door and the most challenging parts now are like where the um, hardwood floor from the hallway and the tile floor from the bathroom interface with it so I have to figure out how to merge those edges and mm-hmm. I am no carpet layer or flooring person so I'll be making a trip to Home Depot tomorrow. Uh, I'm actually quite proud of myself. That Tom looks- Tom did Tom did help me a little bit but largely Meredith and I did most of it yeah. on our own and um, hopefully by the end of tonight I'll have the, the bike moved in there. Yeah. So It looks great. Yeah. like It looks like a professional I, job. I, so. I told Dr. Rush I said well it smells a little bit like a lifetime fitness in my upstairs because the rubber floor needs to air out so it's pretty strong <laughs> smell and I my throat's a little scratchy you can from all the um carpet dust there was a yeah. lot of like dust from the carpet glue that that I breathed well so. it smells just for motivation to work out and exactly like, yeah it just gets you in the mood right and so maybe maybe that will be a, an inspiring <laughs> motivation for me to get up early tomorrow morning and we'll see we'll yeah yeah so 
Well, this week we have a really fantastic episode and I had so much fun recording it. We interviewed an amazing local lactation consultant. Um, We'll dive into this episode with Deba Tillery in Lactation Consulting. All right, welcome everybody. We have a special guest today. We have Deba Tillery. She's a lactation consultant and she's amazing. So yeah, tell us about yourself. Oh, thanks for that sweet introduction. Yeah, so I am a International Board Certified Lactation Consultant and Registered Nurse. I have my background in uh, working with NICU babies, and then I started helping with lactation and helping with breastfeeding. I just fell in love with it and continued my education on that and then opened my own clinic, and here we are. Oh, so cool. Okay. So you have your own like lactation consulting business, correct? Yes. How long yes. have you had that business now? So we opened in 2016, and I was doing some here and there before that, just getting my feet wet, but I opened the doors in 2016 in January, and now we have another location in Plano that we just opened. So now we have a location in Austin and a location in Dallas as well. Yeah, I just saw that actually when I was uh, looking up your website. I was showing a patient, and I saw the Plano address. I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yes, it's so exciting. We're planning on opening six in the Dallas area. What? I know. I know. That's a big undertaking. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, we got our feet with with this one, and it's been working well. Becca and I alternate who goes, and we train all of our lactation consultants so that we can all practice in the same way and be consistent in our care and our message. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, do you, I guess, tell us your model with it. So I know I know, I see y'all at the hospital. So mm-hmm. what else so, do y'all do? Yeah, so we have the inpatient component, which is the hospital. So we contract with the hospital and we've taken over their lactation department. So again, to provide that consistency. And also, you know, if you have a staff lactation consultant, they have to take vacation and their sick days and that type of thing. Whereas with us, we cover our lactation consultants who are on vacation or if they're sick. So then that way we're always rounding on the patients. uh, So we see them every day. So that's our model in the hospital system. And then we have outpatient as well. So once moms are discharged or even prenatally, we really like to see them prenatally because yeah. we can really set good foundation, good expectation, good education with them. Uh, and then they're more likely to follow up after the baby is born as well and continue that care. So uh, we do the outpatient, we do in-office, typically we do in-home as well, but because of COVID and the numbers, we've paused the in-home aspect. And we also started telemedicine, which we can actually do nationwide. So we've been helping moms all over the U.S. It's been really cool to, oh, that's to be awesome. able to touch moms everywhere. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. I was going to ask if you had a virtual component of it. Yes. Uh, we really we really started to do it before COVID happened, and then COVID just propelled us into uh, full-on telemedicine and getting everybody comfortable with uh, 
providing that type of care, you know, in a virtual yeah. setting. But it was, it, it, it's gone really well. And we've been able to help a lot of moms that way. Very cool. It seems like so, it'd be really hard to do it virtually because I feel like you would just want to be there and help them and yes. help get the baby like latching on or yes. yeah. It seems like it would be very difficult. <laughs> it is very difficult. It is very difficult. Um, but it I it's better than nothing, right? And so many moms are scared to get out or they don't have lactation available near them. So yeah. it's been you know, some education and we use dolls and we've gotten really creative in how we educate and really have been able to help a, a lot of moms out um, virtually. But there is a big need for hands-on and in-person as well. Yeah. So in oh, the was, hospital, <laughs> is it part of everybody's stay to be seen by a lactation consultant or is that something the moms elect to do? It's so we we have a consent for them if they want to see us uh, because some some don't want to see us and uh, we respect that uh, but we do they'll sign the consent and then we'll go see them every day check on them help them with their either a latching issue or pumping and then we provide them education for each day that they're there there's different education for each day and then of course discharge instructions but even those moms that at first may say that they didn't want to see lactation because they are they don't want to breastfeed they they even change their mind to see us to talk about suppression and how we can you know how to do that safely yeah. And I, I agree. I was going to say there are some that don't understand that you guys are there to help them no matter what, even mm -hmm. if they're trying not to breastfeed or say they had, you know, an unfortunate demise and they're trying to suppress and whatnot. And, you know, they think that you're all just pro breastfeeding only and no, you're there to support them for everything. And it's amazing. Right. And yeah. Right. We try to make sure we educate the patients too, that you're there for them for that too. Right. Absolutely. And, and something I really train in my lactation consultants is that we really need to meet the the families where they are and what where they want to go not where we want to go or what we want for them but it's helping them you know and meeting them where they are and so we are not judgmental if they don't want to breastfeed at all that is totally fine that's your body it's your baby we're here to support you and your decision and we never want to make anybody feel guilty for not breastfeeding so we're very you know pro pro mom pro families absolutely now that's awesome and All I think right, sometimes, so, yeah. I do think sometimes lactation consultants get a bad rap because of that, um, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you think that, oh, they're just going to push breastfeeding down my throat, but that's not what we're here to do. We're here to support you. Yeah. I feel like sometimes they think you're like the breastfeeding Nazis and that yes. you're just there to make them breastfeed and you're going to try to convert them and yeah. Nope. Never our intention. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us the basics of breastfeeding because uh, then you also used to teach the class too, right? Or you yes. still teach it? We teach classes. So we teach classes virtually right now just because of in-person. But yeah. um, again, I think it's a nice way to be able to see more people, to have more people come into the class because before, I don't know if you remember, but some people <laughs> couldn't get into the class because you're limited yeah. on size. But now we do it virtually. So we do a class every month. Um, and I really, really encourage 
moms and dads and partners to take a breastfeeding class because it's really good to know what the norms are, what to expect, when to reach out for help. Um, and just having that breastfeeding foundation, that basic foundation really can set you up for great success. And our class is pretty long. It's a three hour class, two and a half to three hours, but we really cover, I know it's a lot, um, but we watch videos so yeah. they can really see what a good latch looks like. We talk about yeah. hand expression, pumping, paste bottle feeding, if that has to happen, you know, um, and just what are the norms in those early days and when is it important to get help from your doctor and from the lactation consultant? Yeah. Yeah. All the good basics. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Okay. What are some of the most common um, difficulties you think new moms have when attempting breastfeeding for, let's say, for example, the first time? Yes, I think the most common issues and the how we help and what we see the most often is latch. Latch mm -hmm. is, can be very challenging. And then, of course, if you're not getting a good latch, then you have nipple damage that can occur. So helping with nipple damage. Also, if you're not getting a good latch, baby may not be taking enough milk in because they're not able to properly transfer that milk from the breast. So then baby could lose weight. So that's another thing we see a lot is baby losing weight. And then if the milk is not being removed from the breast eff effectively, then you have milk supply issues. So they all kind of mm -hmm. go hand in hand. Um, but I would say milk supply, latching, nipple damage, and also plug ducts <laughs> and mastitis are things that we commonly see in our clinic. So starting with the uh, nipple or the latch, I guess, on yes. the nipple, um, what, how do you explain the, the proper latch? Yes. So, and we have a video on this too. And I feel like you explain it, you show it, you help, and then also reinforce with video for them to see later. But really tummy to tummy. So putting the baby's tummy against your tummy in alignment so that the ears, shoulders, and hips are all in alignment. Think about when you eat, right? You eat straight, forward. You're not turning your head to the side and eating, right? So if you yeah. turn your head to the side, you feel that strain in your neck and it'll be, it'll make it difficult to swallow. So yeah. having the ears, shoulders, hips all in a nice line uh, so that that's great alignment, what we call. And then putting yeah. the baby nipple to nose. And a lot of times moms want to put the nipple right in baby's mouth, but really you want to off-center it right under baby's nose, like where the mustache area would be. And then holding the <laughs> breast in a U-shape. So we talk about a sandwich. When you go to eat a sandwich, you squish it down and you, to fit your mouth. And your fingers are across from your nose and your chin, right? Could you eat a sandwich where your fingers are up and down and they're next to your cheeks, right? That's like a more taco. like a taco. Yes, that's yeah. a taco. And it's hard to get that in your mouth. So you want it to fit their mouth side to side like a sandwich. And so getting a good U-shape underneath the breasts, uh, kind of like where your underwire bra would be shaping your breast and all you're doing to shape that breast is to shape it like a sandwich. A lot of times moms want to 
push the breast into the baby's mouth. And when you push the breast into the baby's mouth, the nipple hits the tongue and stops the progression back to the soft palate, that soft area in the roof of your mouth. So instead, all you're doing with that hand is squishing the breast so it fits the baby's mouth better. And you want to bring the baby to the breast instead of the breast to the baby. So then that way that the nipple runs up along the roof of the mouth, what we call the palate, right? So it runs along the roof of the mouth. So it goes all the way back into the soft palate and doesn't hit the hard palate where that's where the friction and the nipple damage can occur. Mm, Very interesting. And I I remember probably from back in the day um, that it needs to be like right at a 90 degree angle and not angled off at all like yeah it's like if you get off at all you're gonna get blisters and right and, and because then it's hitting the baby in the wrong area of the mouth and yeah. i think this is i think that's the one thing that we uh see the most is the pushing of the breast to the mm-hmm. baby and so that's where you're going to get off in your angle right and you're yeah. going to hit the tongue versus the roof of the mouth so yeah. having that nipple pointed a little bit upward so that it hits the roof of the mouth and it goes way back into that soft palate oh ah, yes good tips good tips yes <laughs> so tell me so clog ducts i see i hear about and i see clog ducts in my office all the time yes um Tell me your remedies for clogged ducts. And then we're going to talk about mastitis too, because that's another big one I always see. Yes, absolutely. So clogged ducts, you know, we want to say, why is it happening? Is the baby not transferring the milk efficiently and it's getting retained in the breast? Does the mom have an oversupply? Uh, You know, what is really going on? Is she wearing constrictive clothing that's causing pressure against that that area. So first it's really good investigative work of, okay, why is this happening? What's going on there? And then um, some, some things that we'll do in our office is we put a warm, moist compress. So a washcloth with really warm water. And we say uh, that you don't want to scald yourself because I've had moms do that. We don't want to scald ourselves, <laughs> no, but you want yeah, it really scald, warm. Yeah, don't, don't scald, scald the boob. No, test it. Please <laughs> test the water and don't scald the boob. Yes. Um, so wring out the washcloth, but not not all the way. You still want it to retain some of that moisture. So the moist heat works a lot better than dry heat, meaning, mm. um, you know, an herb pouch or the lancino gel pads that you microwave. Uh, uh, so yeah. you, you want to do more moist heat. That works the best. And then we put a little bit of uh, safflower oil. We use organic safflower oil and we massage the breast um, after the heat application. And that you want to use oil on the breast so that you're not causing friction on the skin Mm -hmm. when you're rubbing and and you're massaging, right? So we do some good massage and then we'll position the baby, making sure we're getting good latches so that we can facilitate emptying of the breast and pointing the chin towards the area of the plug duct will really help because babies, that's when they're sucking, they're using their jaw and their tongue to massage um, and extract the milk. And so pointing the baby's chin will help to um, get that more pressure to get that clog out. Mm, Okay. I also like to massage if I can, depending on where the location of the plug is, massage while the baby is feeding or pumping if the mom is not breastfeeding or the baby doesn't feed well from the breast, then we're doing all this with pumping instead of uh, breastfeeding. 
so those would be uh, some of the main techniques. We also use vibration. So using like a massager Ooh. over that to help kind of break things up a little mm-hmm. bit, get it moving. And then yeah. if it's something that's, that's reoccurrent, idea. yeah. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that's reoccurrent then, or is um, very prominent, then we talk, have them talk to their OB about sunflower lecithin and uh, happy ducks, depending on what, you know, the contraindications, because there's, uh, contraindications with sunflower lecithin. If they have a history of depression, you don't want to have them take the lecithin. So um, that's something that we screen in their health history. So it's not something I would just tell a mom, oh, yeah. go take sunflower lecithin. It's something that um, we really would screen in our consults. And then we um, have them go and talk to their OB to make sure that they're okay with um, with those herbs. We always say we're not physicians, yeah. so we can't prescribe or diagnose, but we can give you education and then you can take it to your healthcare provider uh, for them to approve it. Yeah. If any patient of mine calls and said, well, Deba said I have this or that. I'm like, okay, done. I believe it. <laughs> if Deba says you've had that. it, then we'll treat it. I love it. I love I don't, it. I don't need to see it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So I love here in Austin too, because, you know, we have this trust in, in our providers, you know, our OBs and our PDs. We hear this a lot that, oh yes, if y'all said it, then we're going to do it. And now it's interesting to see because we're moving to the Plano area and these physicians don't know us and they don't know as much about Uh, breastfeeding. And so it's, you know, working and and getting in with them and getting them to know that we promise they're in good hands and we really collaborate with you. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing any kind of witchery. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It takes a while to get established (laughs) in new areas, I'm sure. Yes. 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 Why did, how did, what brought y'all up to Plano? Like how'd y'all ended up in, how'd you end up there? Yes. So, um, I do a lot of market research. So I knew it was either going to be Houston or Dallas. Um, And Mm. in Dallas, there is nothing like us. There is nothing available for these moms. There's, you have a few outpatient lactation consultants, but you don't have, there's, there's really no clinic unless they were WIC. They have the lactation care center Mm. in Dallas. And so it was like, okay, well, here's where we're going. And then we kind of looked for our demographic. And I had, I had been planning this for years. So I had been talking to people and seeing, okay, where's the biggest areas of growth with families. And uh, so we decided on Plano as the first location. And it happens to be that our location is right around one of the biggest uh, birthing hospitals is around the corner from there. So nice. primo location. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it worked oh, out really well. And now we've hired all four. So it's a smaller clinic in Plano just because we're going to do more of them instead yeah. of our big clinic. Um, I can't wait for you to see our clinic because it's I huge. know. I need to go check it out. It's Last I remember when beautiful. I was supposed to go look at it was when we had the big freeze. Yes. Yes. It was right when we had the freeze and I was like, I don't think I can make it. No, no. <laughs> but you need to come because we have a 4,500 square foot space in, in the Cedar Park location. So we have seven lactation rooms and a big classroom 
that, you know, my vision was to have something for moms to come yeah. every day to do something to get them out of the house, like movie yeah. Mondays and baby sign language one night, one day, yeah. and a support group and baby music and just, you know, a tea time, tea time yeah. Thursday, you know, just Aww. different things like that to get them out of the house, get them socializing. Um, but of course, COVID has yeah. put a little wrench in that. <laughs> but we have a beautiful big space for that when that yeah. when that we can um, get that going again. Uh, so we took a different approach in Dallas because I wasn't finding what I wanted, what, you know, my yeah. vision for the place. But I found this 1,200 square foot space that has four offices and it's just beautiful. And so it kind of changed up our model of doing smaller but more uh, more of them. Yeah. There. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've hired all four of my lactation consultants. They come to Austin to train for a month um, and then they finish their training in Dallas. So, but with me and Becca, we yeah. finish their training there. So they have a three month training process when Dang. they come. I know. It's pretty intense. <laughs> it is pretty intense, but you know what? Everybody has really loved their orientation, even ones who've been lactation consultants for a long time, they've all said they've learned such great information. Um, you know, the charting, we're very specific with our charting and we want to make sure that the provider that we're sending it to can understand what happened in the consult or if another lactation consultant saw them that they understand what happened in the consult. So being very descriptive of what um, occurs in there. So everyone's loved it to the point that we're actually going to make a training for lactation consultants. We're going to make a program. Oh, wow. Ooh, look at you branching out. I am. We're going to make a school because what I found when I became a lactation consultant is that we all come from such different backgrounds. You could either be a nurse or you don't even have to be a nurse. And if you didn't come the nursing background, then you either take a 300 hands-on hours or you do 500. And then as a nurse, I did a thousand. So we all did different ways of of coming and becoming a lactation consultant. Whereas when I was a nurse in nursing school, we all did fundamentals of nursing. We all learned how to make the bed the same way, how to do a head to toe assessment, how to do a blood pressure, uh, you know, how to give a bath, all of these things, doing an IV, you know, there was all these steps. So um, in my class, that's what I'm teaching is like the fundamentals and how to be more objective versus subjective, you know, how to use tools to measure flange fit, for instance, you know, instead of just looking at it and saying, oh, I think you're this, actually measuring and seeing what their flange fit really is. Yeah. Which is, can you explain that for those who don't know what the flange is? Oh, yes. So (laughs) on your breast pump, there is called a breast shield, the, the piece that fits to your breast where the nipple uh, comes in and out of and that little funnel where the nipple comes in and out of is really important and needs to be the right size. If it's not the right size, then you can get nipple damage. You can get damage on your areola 
um, also you may not express as much milk because you don't have the proper flange. And we have seen this time and time again. This is something uh, that we, in every one of our consults, we do a pumping session so that we can measure flange fit at the end uh, to make sure that they're using the correct size. And I remember whenever I had first started as a lactation consultant hearing more moms being bigger sizes. Oh, you need a 27 millimeter flange because the average mm -hmm. size they they put in the pumps is a 24. But really in reality, when, you know, being in an outpatient clinic, yeah. more moms are smaller sizes than your 24s. Oh. So we have, I would say average is 19 and 21 millimeter. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So really important on the flange fit. Yeah. Um, with the breast pumping, what do you recommend for the patients that are trying to um, build up their supply? Um, so I know that sometimes they recommend pumping after the baby feeds and just pumping any excess off. You know, the ones that are trying to build up supply before um, going like back, to back to work and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I really caution, first of all, pumping after every feeding or most feedings because oversupply is just as bad of an issue as undersupply. Mm -hmm. So yeah. many things can occur with oversupply. And it, while it seems great to have all of this abundance of milk, there's issues that could arise with baby. They're choking and sputtering at the breast. Sometimes they refuse the breast because it's just too much of a forceful letdown for them. Um, also with mom, she could run into plug duct issues because she can't drain her breast effectively. And then that mm -hmm. leads to mastitis, right? Yeah. So I really um, look at, first of all, the, the individual, um, we do a going back to work consult. So we kind of see where they're at. Okay. Are you an oversupplier? Because if you are, you may only pump once after a, uh, after a feeding session in the morning, every other day or every third day. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas if you're just a normal, you, you have normal supply, you can pump once um, after your morning feed, because most of the time that's when moms have the fullest supply is mm -hmm. after that in that early morning feedings. So whenever you feel the fullest, that's the feeding that you'll want to after the breastfeeding session, then pump okay. for about 15 to 20 minutes. And you'll you may only get half an ounce to an ounce, but that's okay, because you'll just store that you don't have to have this freezer full that you see on social media, right, or on all the moms group, it shows these freezers jam packed, yeah. and you don't need that. <laughs> You really only need 30 ounces before you go back to work. Oh, that's a good number to shoot mm -hmm. for. Okay. Yeah. So if you think about, you know, how much babies, so typically babies are eating 25 to 35 ounces in a day after a month of life, and you're not gone from them a whole 24 hours, right? So yeah. if you have 30 ounces, you have about two days, maybe a little bit more, depending on your your profession um, yeah. to have. So that's a good number is at 30 ounces. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Now, anytime baby is taking a bottle, you absolutely mm -hmm. want to pump to tell your to tell your body that your baby is taking extra mm -hmm. so that your body knows to make the milk. Because sometimes I hear moms um, say that they, that the 
um, the partner will feed the bottle at night so she could get a little extra sleep. But then that means you're missing a feeding session. And so that your body is going to start to think that you don't need milk at that time and it's going to start to slow down production. So Mm -hmm. even if if, um, you're not breastfeeding but your baby is eating, you still want to pump. Yeah. Well, I think I tried that myself one night where I wanted a break and he was going to feed for me and it still didn't, it still hurt. Like you woke up, you wake up because you're engorged and you still got to get up and pump. So it doesn't matter. You don't get any sleep and it doesn't matter. So it still sucked. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's parenthood in the beginning, yeah. right? You're going to have to get up and feed the mm-hmm. baby. And your breast or your baby is going to dictate your waking up, you know? Yep. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but even for the moms who don't feel engorged and then they go those long stretches, yeah. then that really sets them up for having supply issues later. Yeah, yeah. Because then it, your body thinks it doesn't need to produce as much. Right. There's a protein that um, develops. It's called the feedback inhibitor loop. So when your breasts are full, it, your your um, body excretes this feedback inhibitor loop. And then you, your body stops stops producing the milk or starts slowing it down yeah. so that you don't get a breast infection. That's your body doing its natural defenses to to protect you so the fuller the breasts are the slower the milk will make the emptier the breasts are the more your body will make now when it comes to the infection part so mastitis i know that's a big one so (laughs) explain the cabbage and the mastitis (laughs) i'm just gonna ask that Yes, I get the question all the time. Like, I don't know. I don't even understand the cabbage thing. I don't get it. I don't think it's an enzyme. Like when you break the leaves, um, that helps with the inflammation. So it helps with edema. Yeah, you're supposed to crush it. Like rub it. No, you put it on the breast. You don't want to put it on the nipple and areola. You'll just put it on the breast. Um, and I even like to put cold compress on top of that so that they stay cold for mm-hmm. that time. So for the 20 minutes that you that you have it on. Um, so now you have double whammy with the uh, yeah. inflammation. But yeah, there's uh, they smell like salad coleslaw (laughs) but it works you know the moms really you know when when we're recommending things is because you see that it actually works you know you might not know why but they think it's the enzyme yeah well and that's what patients will ask me about it and i'm like well it doesn't hurt to do it so if it helps it can only help so why not just do it and see (laughs) but i didn't know the proper method like i didn't know you have to break it up or crush it you take the vein out you know, mm-hmm. the heart vein, you take the vein out and then you crush it and then you put it around the breast. Um, and it's, it works best if it's cold. Yeah. So I, I like to put the uh, cold compress over it yeah. because your body warms up the cabbage pretty quickly. Yeah. I always think these are the situations where you're like, who is the first person who is like, you know what we should do? We should put cabbage on your boob. Yeah. yeah, who figured that out? I want to know who started that. Yeah, that theory of cabbage. 
How, what what other vegetables and things in their like pantry or fridge do they go through to figure out what right. helps? Right. That it was cabbage. <laughs> there's <laughs> actually landed on cabbage. <laughs> there's actually a cream. It's called Cabo cream. Uh, we just learned about it not too long ago, and it was made by a OB in Dallas, and um, and it's a cabbage-based cream to put on the breast. Oh, well, there you go. That's mm-hmm. what we make more cabbage. More cabbage. Smart. And it's not ingesting the cabbage. It's topical application yeah. of the cabbage. Um, and with mastitis, that's the one thing. we got to make sure you see your doctor for to make Absolutely. sure if it's, get, if it's getting worse or anything. we got to get an antibiotic and get it on board. Yes. So I like to see them. Anytime a patient calls me and thinks they have a mastitis or if you see them and think they have a mastitis, I always want to see them because I want to make sure there's no abscess or anything Absolutely. else. Absolutely. And I need to prescribe an antibiotic to help them. So yes, yes. So we always say, not only do you need to come to lactation, you need to go to your OB as well, so that you can get your antibiotics on board. Yes. Good. Now there are times when it's, it's early on starting, starting and so, so you tell them, okay, okay, try these things. things. If, if you get a fever, if you get chills, if you feel like you have the flu. Yeah. You call your doctor right away. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the supply, back to the supply, I know you said another big one, and I get the question all the time, is how to increase the supply. What do you recommend nowadays for increasing supply? So the first thing is removing milk. Remember how we talked about the feedback mm-hmm. inhibitor loop, right? So the emptier the breasts are, the more your body will make. So definitely, I would say get with a lactation consultant because sometimes they want to increase their supply and they're not having an issue, right? It's more perception than it Uh, is issue, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there are times that it is an issue. And so we want to see why, what's going on? Do you have any underlying health conditions that this could happen, that this could be, you know, is it your pump or is it your baby not transferring the milk efficiently? So what's going on that's causing this is their retained placenta do you need to go back and see your ob you know those types of things so first removing the milk so that your body makes more milk and then finding out what's causing it so that you can address that Uh, because it's gonna your treatment course is gonna vary depending on that okay yeah i think a lot of it i hear when patients are at their postpartum, they're going back to work and they're starting to pump and go back to work. So I feel like they're probably starting, they're pumping less often than they were feeding at home when they were at home with the baby. And so right. I think it's a time issue sometimes. Yeah. But It's also, you know, we talk about the magic number whenever we are doing a back to work consult and we're talking about, okay, how many times right now are you feeding and pumping in a day? So if they're doing eight breastfeeding sessions, one pumping session, their magic number is nine, right? They need to get nine milk removals when they go back to work. And so looking at, okay, is that how can you make that happen with your schedule going back to work? So we really sit down with them and see what their work day is like and plan out their schedule for them to uh, pump at work and how to make it the easiest, you know, transition back to work. Yeah. And what do you do for bleeding cracked nipples? 
Yes. So first of all, we got to fix that latch. Yes. Well, and I, cause I feel like once they're bleeding and cracked, you don't want to touch them. You don't want to do anything. You want to, you kind of want to give up at that point. Right. Yeah. It's hard to even You're just going to cry. Yeah. You just cry yourself to sleep. And we have tissues in every (laughs) one of our lactation rooms because a lot of crying happens in our office. So we are very used to the crying and the moms are apologizing. Please don't apologize. Cry. Let it out. We so get it. We're here for you, you know. Um, But yes. So. I think a lot of times when they come to a lactation visit and we go over proper latch and we help them with latching, there's an immediate difference. Yeah. Um, they're like, wow, this feels so different. And yeah. they're able to feed through with proper latch. And then we talk about nipple healing, right? Yeah. Um, however, with those ones, maybe there's a severe tongue tie going on or mom is just way too sensitive and can't can't put the baby onto the breast. So then we take a break from breastfeeding and we just pump for the next 24 to 48 hours. And we, you know, heal up those nipples. We do saline rinses. We'll put on some nipple cream, um, triple nipple if it's required. We'll have them reach out to their OB, uh, breast shells for sore nipples. Um, We'll use the comfort gels at night, you know, so those different types of therapies to help them with their, with their open wounds on their, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And in rare, maybe not rare, but in some occasions, depending on the mom, we might use a nipple shield so that it kind of protects her nipple a little bit. Uh, But we want to be really careful with nipple shields to make sure that the baby is transferring the milk from the breast efficiently yeah. So we do a weighted feeding and see how the baby's transferring with the nipple shield and if it's an option, if we can use it or not. Yeah. I feel like we use a lot of nipple shields at the hospital. Uh, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> nipple shields are really handed out a lot. Uh, you know, it's a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid. Yeah. Um, but then... And, you know, you got to think, too, nurses typically don't have as much time to spend. They have a lot of patients. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's something that is easier for them to use. You know, they don't see the repercussions out in the outpatient side of, oh, now baby's not gaining weight. Mom's milk supply yeah. is down, that type of thing. But it can be a really great tool. Yeah. Right? It's just a tool in the toolbox. So typically yeah. uh, when we see... As a lactation consultant, when we see the nipple shields, we're uh, trying to get them off as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, ideally, if you don't need them, that's best. Yeah. Um, but I remember trying for the very for the very first time trying. It hurt like the dickens for the first two weeks. And then there was just, just this magical time where he latched and it didn't hurt. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. Like, it, but, but I felt like, you know, when you're not used to it for the very first time you do it. Of course, it seemed like it hurts, but it felt like it hurt for two weeks, and then it was done, and it totally felt fine after that. It's almost like, I don't know if it calloused up, or it's like, you just toughen up. I don't know. (laughs) 
So I always caution too, because I hear this from moms a lot. Oh, my, you know, they say it's going to toughen up. I'll toughen up. It'll be better. But they're, yeah. they've got cracked, bleeding nipples or bruising or blisters. Yeah. All of these are signs that no, something else is going on. Get yeah. help sooner. Don't suffer for that yeah. amount of time. Uh, because it really should, it shouldn't be toe curling. You shouldn't hold your breath when you're latching you should yeah. get anxious before you're going to latch bef- because it hurts so much yeah. um, so if any of those things are happening um you know i encourage moms get help asap because it shouldn't you know it shouldn't be painful like that it's, it may not be comfortable because you know like you said your nipples have never done this before um but it shouldn't be painful yeah right? to where like yeah. you said well, pain, like like hurt yeah. like the dickens that that's well, maybe painful. and it's probably because i was a new time mom i didn't know what i was doing either so mm-hmm. the baby probably wasn't latching right and you don't know you kind of it's like trial and error and you right. learn the hard way and yeah. so then they're probably i know i had a blister so i know it was not latching right the first time but um and i think i got through that and then i i think it just kind of clicked and i figured it yeah. out and then it was like boom didn't hurt at all like it was like magical but so yes. crazy. Yeah. Yes. I love that moment in a consult when, you know, I have this mom who's scared about latching because her nipples hurt so bad. And we go over all the steps and then we latch the baby and she's like, wow, this isn't hurt at all. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> and it was, yeah. it's sometimes such a minute little change, mm-hmm. like the biggest thing, not pushing the breast to the baby, you yeah. know, using the U hold instead of the C hold, you know, that we see yeah. a lot um, because the C hold is making that taco instead yeah. of the U hold of the sandwich, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Sometimes just a little changes and then it's just like we're both rejoicing together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah. It's it such is. a great feeling. I, I always say, you know, I loved being a NICU nurse and I never thought that I would love anything more than being a NICU nurse. And this is it. I yeah. love lactation so much. I love seeing how much we're helping. Um, and then to see the moms come back with their second baby, third baby. I just had this dad the other day who had come in and um, his, his, their kid was four and I had helped them with their first child. And yeah. he still remembered my milkshake that I showed him, you know, <laughs> and that like stayed with him the whole time. So it's just, it's really heartwarming and it's so rewarding. It really is yeah. so rewarding. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you have visitors in there. I see um, Emma came through. Yeah, I have to keep um, turning the microphone to mute so y'all don't hear every single motion because I have a wiggle worm and a water bottle being slammed on a counter and a dog coming in and out. <laughs> Hashtag mom life. Right? Exactly. Yep. There's like a dog hidden behind me that you can't see. That one doesn't move. This one is a wiggle worm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm like podcast. pinching her as you talk about all the blisters and the tears and the gasping and the crying because I was like, oh, that was you. That was <laughs> See, now you could tell all your moms that, okay, right. nope, you need to get some help, get lactation. Yeah. We'll change I was like, it. wait, I kind of want to do that over again. I feel like if I had a lactation consultant, maybe I wouldn't have cried as much. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> right. Got to start over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think, though, that's something 
definitely, especially as providers, you know, telling your moms so that they don't think, oh, let me just tough it out. Getting help early on can really change the ball game. Yeah. No, we pass out your number like crazy. So You do. I love you. Yeah. Thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Everybody's so much better off for it. So. Yes, yes. And I, I really love how, you know, moms are being more and more proactive getting prenatal consults yeah. because then we can really one-on-one provide them one-on-one education of what their concerns are yeah. or anatomical issues or um, any kind of health concerns that they may have yeah. and be able to set up a plan for them beforehand. Uh, it, it's just uh, really, really helpful. Yeah. Is it, uh, covered by most insurances for people to see a lactation consultant? Yeah, so we have worked really hard to get in network um, with most insurance providers. Uh, so not all lactation consultants are in network with uh, with insurance, but definitely calling your insurance to see who is in network. Uh, but it is a covered service. The Affordable Care Act um, has it as a preventative service that um that families can get help for the duration of their breastfeeding relationship. So it is something that's supposed to be covered through insurance. And I think it's getting um, easier and easier for moms to get reimbursed. I know when I first started my practice, it was very hard. uh, And it was very hard for us to get in network. We actually had to even go down and knock on the insurance's door, like literally um, <laughs> to the office and say, you have to see us. So we've been working on this for three years with you. So, um, and then it took five years for us to get a network with Cigna and Sendero oh, and Humana. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic it, that you uh, offer that service and you're able to be in network with insurance. Yeah. It, you know, it, I really wanted to do it to, remove that burden so many moms wouldn't get help because of the financial cost and so it's like okay what what can we do here and so we just kept fighting it's it's been a quite a battle Um, (laughs) but thank goodness now we are with most provider with most insurance payers so that's really great but hopefully, too, this has opened the door for it to be easier for moms to get reimbursed when they do see a lactation consultant who doesn't take insurance, but they give them a super bill so that they can get reimbursed through their insurance. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we keep, you know, hitting the wall of, oh, you're not a, you know, we don't recognize you as a provider type because they don't rec- recognize Uh, IBCLCs, uh, but we're like, we're also nurses too. Yeah. (laughs) So it has, it's been a challenge, but I am happy to say we, we have overcome those obstacles. Yeah. Well, the patients sure appreciate it. They're, they're, (laughs) they're probably so happy that you fought that battle for them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and it's just nice to see how we can help and it, you know, as lactation consultants, you just want to give, 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 you just want to help, help, help. And so this really provides us to be able to give them that time and to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us and for all the advice and the amazing tips for patients. Yes. Yes. 
save this episode so they can go back and listen to it, you know? Diva, yeah. can you share with the listeners where they can find you, social media, website, etc.? Yeah, so website, mypeerdelivery.com. Uh, all of our social media has the same handle, My Peer Delivery. So you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. I have just started TikTok. Okay, so I'm still <laughs> yeah. navigating that whole platform. Yeah. I'm doing some crazy TikTok dancing, which is, I was like, okay, this is what we're doing now. So, yep. <laughs> um, so uh, on TikTok, we're at my peer delivery IBCLCs. So that one's the only different one, but all of our socials, LinkedIn, everything is my peer delivery. And um, don't you have a podcast as well? I do have a podcast, and that is, it's all about empowering women, empowering moms. Uh, something I hear a lot of my moms say is, oh, I'm just a mom. And I want to shout out the mountain that, my goodness, you have the most, the biggest job in the whole wide world. You're sustaining life. You're a teacher. You know, you're a, you're a disciplinarian. You're a boss. You do all of these things. You're shaping a human into an adult, right? So when moms say, oh, I'm just a mom, you're so much more than just a mom. You're, you have so much potential in you. And so really I wanted to, um, inspire moms who may Mm -hmm. have that entrepreneurial spirit. So I call it the mompreneur, uh, to (laughs) kind of give them tools of, okay, how do you start a business and what, you know, what would you do for marketing? And, uh, we talk about, um, the laws of attraction basically and positive, you know, positive mindset to get you through and how to overcome obstacles and uh, the journey, basically the journey of, uh, of mompreneurship. And I have other mompreneurs come on and they talk about (laughs) how they balanced, you know, being a mom and being a career woman or being a business owner. And I really love the insight that the mompreneur guests bring because it can really show that you can do anything that you want to do. I had a mom who came on who was homeless and then she she was a homeless single mom, single teen mom who put herself through school. She got into Harvard and now she has her own um, negotiation business and is working with Jillian Michaels. I was like, what? That's amazing. Yeah. So much you can do. And so that's, yeah. yeah. So Diva Tillery Live is the podcast. (laughs) That's where the episodes are. Um, I've taken a little hiatus from it because opening up in Plano. Yes. (laughs) You're a little busy. Yeah. You've been busy. (laughs) Yeah. But there's two great seasons with some great, uh, great guest speakers, great mompreneurs. So definitely check it out. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much for taking the time to be with us. I know our listeners are going to love this episode. Oh, great. I had so much fun. Thanks for having me. All right. That's it for today. Thanks again for tuning in. We have been loving all of the feedback and the questions that we're receiving, so just keep them coming. Don't forget, if you want to leave us a voice message, or your story about a foot or shoe fetish, just go to the link at the bottom of the description in the episode. You may even hear your question or comment on the show. And remember to subscribe so you'll be the first to know every time we release a new episode. 
We are so grateful for all the downloads, rates, and reviews. These help to drive our podcast up in the rankings and makes it easier for others to find us. Do you have an interesting idea or question you want answered here on the podcast? Send us an email at tits2toespodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at from tits2toes. And remember, keep your tits up and your toes down.